Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Ten twenty-five here on SENZ uh, mornings with uh, Ian Smith, and uh, one of uh, my favourite segments of the show is the panel. And this morning, uh, two esteemed gentlemen from the media join us. Uh, Richard Nola returns, but making a de- debut for us uh, is Mark Ginty. Both staff colleagues, of course, and Mark Ginty specialising a lot in the cricket side of things uh, over a long period of time now. Um, morning to you both, uh, Mark. Uh, interesting. Naming multi-squads these days, uh, the New Zealand selectors. Very busy boys. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Um, yeah, it's a lot to get your head around this morning with those announcements. Um, yeah, it's hard to know what to make of it all, but um, certainly a couple of newcomers, Ben Sears and Cole McConkie, getting their chance in, uh, in Bangladesh or Pakistan or both. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a real, real struggle, isn't it, for them having to shuffle their resources and give people rests and release players for IPL and things like that. So it'll be uh, interesting how it all plays out. We've, we've had a bit of reaction to uh, the teams coming in uh, and particularly the T20 World Squad. Uh, the, in the name, a lot of people are saying, uh, where's Colin de Grandholm? Is, is it, was that a, a, a semblance of a surprise to you that, that an all-rounder with devastating power might not make the cut there? No, it wasn't a surprise to me. I think Finn Allen being left out was more of a surprise. Um, but but De Gronholm, obviously, we know how destructive he is. How you know how he can win a game, change a game. But I, I think his bowling, particularly in the T20 game, has has been really collared by uh, various batsmen. And he you know had that injury plagued last summer as well. And it was pretty clear in the T20 team last summer that um, that Daryl Mitchell had gone past him. I mean, his bowling's not. You know, not not foolproof either, but he's he's adding probably a bit more as an all rounder than De Grandholm. So, um, you know, people might say he's hard done by. I, I don't know. I think he's he's still got that destructive power of the bat, and he has been going well in England, um, mainly with the bat. Um, and he was used as a batsman in that in that uh, series a couple of years ago against India at number five. So, uh, yeah, I, not a, not a biggie for me. I mean, Finn Allen probably deserved uh, deserved a crack, but I think that that signals to me that. Devin Conway may be used as an opener potentially. Um, Allen's, yeah, I mean, he's just, just taken the you know the 2020 world by storm, but um, perhaps may have come up slightly soon for him. Oh, interesting, yeah. I, I, I take your point there too. Uh, speaking of changes, good morning to you, Richard Nola. Uh, after that all-plack performance uh, at Eden Park and uh, Bledisloe Cup 1, uh, are you forecasting anything major in terms of changes uh, for Bledisloe Cup 2 from Ian Foster's group? No, no, I'm not. Uh, good morning, guys. No, I think he'll stick with, with what he's got there. Um, 
he will definitely expect improvements. Uh, he'll expect more punch off his bench. Probably a bit more on that later. But uh, firstly, with his starting 15, no, he, he'll stick with what he's got, I imagine. I'd be very surprised if he ditches anyone after just that first game. Um, probably one's a bit more value, I, I would have thought, out of his uh, back row, perhaps Adi Sevilla with his ball carrying. I think that was one thing we want out of Sevilla as a number eight. I mean, clearly we know how good he can be as a fetcher at number seven and, you know, in mobile he is. But I just thought Sevilla perhaps didn't get the chance to get into the game, get his hands on the ball as much as we'd like to have seen with that leg drive, just creating that momentum, you know, bending defensive lines and, and, and giving the All Blacks some go forward. Um, and I, I thought Akira Yawani did enough at, at six. Um you know, what we all want to see do as Kira is really is getting his hands dirty and getting stuck into the tight stuff first. And I thought he did enough. And I think if he gets the chance to, to carry a bit more and, and really be a bit more mobile and, you know, and work with Puffy Elite, they'll go all right. So, no, I don't think so. And I don't think with the back line either. I, I'm, you know, probably the midfield is going to be a wee bit of a work in progress. Everyone had their eye on that. And, Havili, probably a wee bit of a shaky start when he got stripped of that ball when he was in possession in the opening minutes. He got better and better. And I think if that midfield can be a bit more direct with their attack, um, you know, Havili and Leonard Brown, if they can straighten up the attack a bit more and just get over the advantage line quicker and get the Aussies on the back foot and retain possession for phases and retain discipline, and that is right across the board. What was it, 18 penalties in the end that they gave up at least? Um, so take it as a whole no I don't, I don't think you'll make changes at all I I don't think anyone deserves to be punished and I know they don't even use that word these days and that's fair but when you do drop players that's essentially what you're doing and off the back of that first game no uh, but he will expect vast improvements in a number of areas and starting you know first with discipline because how the All Blacks didn't get yellow carded in that five, final five to ten minutes is beyond me um, and if I was Dave Rennie I'd have been ropeable uh, at the end of that game. You know, the Wallabies had got within striking distance and it should have been against 14 men towards the end. So, yeah, plenty for Ian Foster to work on, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Uh, and can I tell you, uh, I did speak to uh, Dave Rennie afterwards and Dave Rennie has got a very cool exterior most of the time. But I sensed uh, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter was that he was, I think he quoted it, you know, it, it, something along the lines of, you know, we've got to look into that. Um, and so I don't know whether they can or what they can do about it because it's history now, but they won't want it to happen again. Fellas, please stay with us. Uh, we're going to go to the news now. When we come back, I, I might just ask you uh, a question about Ian Foster. Is, is he is he under any pressure in your mind? Uh, pressure, exterior pressure, or are we just stirring the pot a wee bit? Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Part two of the panel this morning, Richard Nola, of course, from the press and stuff, and uh, Mark Ginty out of Wellington, uh, with stuff also, Mark Ginty. Um, I asked, uh, I gave you a little bit of a prelim before the news. Uh, is Ian Foster under pressure? We know that, uh, for all intents and purposes, he hadn't uh, been extended out, or has he? Uh, uh, maybe I'm behind the times there. Is he under pressure? Oh, I think he is, certainly. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, his contract's up and it hasn't been extended is, is certainly a sign. They want to see the Blacks getting back to where they were, which is, a, you know, the dominant team in the world, and they're certainly not at the moment. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think, um, and obviously that last 10 minutes or so at Eden Park just, just heightens the questions more. You know, I think people want to see a, a consistent selection and pick his top team and, um, and stick with it and, and develop a bit of consistency, but also the, the, you know, the physicality that we were talking about Richard was mentioning before that they want the All Blacks to be muscling up against, against you know, not the Wallabies are probably not not the best example, but but the South Africans and and you know the Northern Hemisphere sides later on. So um, certainly he has um, the microscopes on, and um, you know he may well have the faith of New Zealand rugby, but at the moment there's still still those questions that need to be answered, and you know right through the season, I think South Africa is probably going to cause the greatest um, you know the greatest test and. Um, you know, the asset test for him and, and particularly those forwards and, and his his own, uh, you know, tactics and, and, and power over the side. Do you see, uh, Richard Nola, do you see any fragility? I mean, we're so, it seems so solid and, and staunch and, and all those other, you know, tough sort of, sort of words about uh, Sir Steve Hansen. Do, do you see any fragility about the top at the moment? You're t- in terms of the coaches, you're saying they're in? I Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Fragility. Um, I'm, I'm, I thought um, Mark was bang on. Look, you know, I know there's been talk. I know Steve Henson has come out publicly a couple of weeks ago and said, "Look, uh, reappoint in Foster and his crew now, so they can map out a path towards the 2023 World Cup." Um, and I know, due respect to Steve, um, I disagree. And Good on him for sticking with his mate and showing some loyalty. But look, um, New Zealand rugby, to me, it's going to be fascinating how New Zealand rugby board, this is a massive call for them. And I'm not seeing any fragility as such, but they can't go appointing these guys without, and I'm talking about these coaches that were Ian Foster, they can't appoint him until he's proved himself against the world champion Springbok side. Now, any decision before that, there would be an uproar here among the pub, rugby public, you would expect, because now I know year last year was very difficult under COVID, and I fully understand that everyone, um, you know, that everything was disrupted for the All Blacks, and so it was a difficult year, and they retained the Bledisloe Cup, and they, they won that truncated competition, the Tri-Nations. But this is the acid test. The All Blacks have got to retain the Bledisloe Cup, and we want to see them prove themselves against the Springboks. For me, that's the litmus test. Um, if they don't, I can't see what the explanation is going to be for the New Zealand Rugby Board when they come to either reappointing or throwing a job open again, how they could say to Ian Foster, look, you're going to keep your job. They they have to prove themselves this year. It's massive. Um, and I know that, you know, that, that Foster's, his allies will say, well, look, he needs to be able to plan ahead now. He needs to get things going. But if they pointed a new coach, whoever it may be, um, at the end of the year or before the Northern Tour, that is a long time. It's still a couple of years almost before the next World Cup. Now, surely that's going to be enough time for a new coach to bed in, to get the systems in. He'd already have the base of players. He'd have plenty to work from, and, and it can be done. Um, and it sounds harsh, and I know probably... You know, Foster and Co will say, well, no, no, we, we see it a different way. And I can understand that. But New Zealand rugby has some big calls to make. And I, my understanding is there was, uh, after the annual meeting, the board did meet with Ian Foster uh, and just told him how things stood. But that I'm, I'm not certain when exactly they've said they'll make a decision or what the exact KPIs that he has to hit are going to be. But I imagine 
for everyone, it's obvious, isn't it? South Africa, they're the team that you have to beat. They're the world champions. We haven't met them since uh, that opening pool game in Japan in Yokohama at the World Cup. Um, so it sets things up nicely, and um, there's plenty to do, I'd suggest. Um, and the All Blacks may feel, look, we are on the right track, and that's great. But we have to wait until those games against South Africa before any decisions made. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. New Zealand rugby could turn around and spring a surprise. But I'd be highly, I'd be, I'd be shocked if they did. Um, they've got a new chairman of the board, obviously, in Stuart Mitchell. I don't know if that any way has any influence on anything that'll happen. But um, you would think a strong, strong head, a strong hand at the top. Uh, people are going to have to make tough decisions. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to see anything rushed. To put it that way. Mark Ginty, just changing the subject a little bit towards the Olympics and news this morning coming through on stuff actually and some really interesting facts and figures there uh, about the grant system and just how generous uh, high performance sport New Zealand are in terms of our athletes compared to some of the powerhouses around the world. I, I found that quite interesting. Do you, do you think our grant system is, is fair? Well, yeah, it seems it has been that way for a little while. I did a bit of reading back, and, and that 60,000 figure for, for a gold medal, um, assuming you carry on into your next campaign, it's basically a salary for your for the athletes to, to continue their good work. That 60,000 figure's been the same, I believe, for the last couple of Olympics, so inflation hasn't been uh, taken into account there. But um, oh, I think, look, I, I think for everyone who sat and watched the the games and I mean I was I was into it. You know I loved watching it for two weeks and, and covering it from afar. But um, you know some of those moments were just just fantastic. Um, you know New Zealand sporting moments, the gold medals and and why shouldn't they be why shouldn't they be uh, rewarded? I, I I'm a little surprised. It's sort of I asked about corporate backing and things like that yesterday in terms of you know the bonuses and you know rewards for medals and um, that, that the corporate backing apparently is, is put more into the planning and the preparation rather than just a, a one-off cash payment. I think there was a, a, a great story about um, the Filipino weightlifter who was given a million dollars in two houses and free flights for life for, for winning their first gold. So it, it certainly changes from country to country and, and we've seen Australia is sort of surprisingly stingy almost on that front with only 20000 per gold medal. So it, it, it varies a lot. I, I think it's probably about right. I, I, maybe people might argue that taxpayer money could be better spent um, elsewhere on, on infrastructure and things like that, but I, I think 60000 for a for a gold medal is, is, is reasonable and uh, I don't know if too many people would quibble if, if that was bumped up a little bit too um, and it's, it is a, it's basically a grant it's not a you know a cash prize or anything it's for them to, to continue on and, and prepare and try and emulate their feats at the next Olympics so um, fair play I say Yep fair play I do too and I say thank you very much to both of you guys uh, Mark Genty there and, and Richard Nola of course with their views on uh, rugby, cricket and the Olympics this morning we'll have another panel tomorrow thank you very much uh, fellas for joining us Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.